We've been enjoying this series in the Gospel of Matthew. And Matthew 21, verses 1 through 17 is our passage of Scripture this morning. Let's read God's Word together. Now, when they drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethphage, to the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, go into the village in front of you and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you shall say, the Lord needs them. And he will send them at once. This took place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet, saying, say to the daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming to you. Humble and mounted on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put on them their cloaks. And he sat on them. Most of the crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. And the crowds that went before him and that followed him were shouting, Hosanna to the Son of David! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred up saying, Who is this? And the crowd said, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth of Galilee. And Jesus entered the temple and drove out all who sold and bought in the temple. And he overturned the tables of the money changers, and the seats of those who sold pigeons, he said to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you make it a den of robbers. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. But when the chief priests and the scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and the children crying out in the temple, Hosanna to the son of David! They were indignant. And they said to him, Do you hear what these are saying? And Jesus said to them, Yes. Have you never read out of the mouth of infants and nursing babies? You have prepared praise. And leaving them, he went out of the city to Bethany and lodged there. Let's pray. Oh, Almighty God, I ask for your blessing on our service today. And Lord, as we look at this question of who is this that the crowds were asking as you entered into your triumphal entry into Jerusalem the week before you died, I pray that we would be just so stirred up in our hearts with passion and worship for you and that our allegiance to you, our followership of you, Lord Jesus, would deepen. And most importantly, that our trust in you would grow even stronger. We love you, Jesus, and we're so grateful for all that you've done for us on the cross. Thank you for rising from the grave. You are such an awesome God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. i got three points this morning. The first is humble king. Humble king. The second is praised Messiah. Praised Messiah. And thirdly, wonderful God. Wonderful God. The first point is humble king, and we see that here in verses 1 through 5. 
we see the humble king coming. And as they drew near to Jerusalem, Jesus said to his disciples, Go into the village in front of you and immediately you'll find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. It seems like this was two animals, not one. It was a donkey and it's full, a little colt. And the donkey was a calming effect on the little colt that carried Jesus. And this image here is so beautiful of the disciples going. And what's wonderful here is that Jesus actually says, if anyone says anything to you, you shall say this, the Lord needs them. (laughs) Jesus here (laughs) proclaiming himself as Lord. I love that passage of Scripture. And then this wonderful prophecy from the prophet Zechariah 9, verse 9. This took place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet. Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold your king. Your king is coming to you. So here's the king of kings entering in to Jerusalem. And this next word is just amazing. Humble and mounted on a donkey and on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. So you're expecting this king of Israel to come into Jerusalem on a white horse with great power and pomp and circumstance. And oh, what we see here instead is Jesus really coming and symbolic of the humiliation that he's going to suffer. In this next week, he comes in and He comes in not on a donkey, but on a donkey's little foal, a little colt, the disciples' cloak spread over them. The disciples did this in verse 6. They went and did as Jesus had directed them. That's a great mark of any true disciple. They go, and this is good for us, we do as Jesus directs us. That's what we do as disciples following Jesus. And they brought the donkey and the colt and put on them their cloaks and he sat on them. Most of the crowd spread their cloaks on the road and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. This this triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem. Brothers and sisters, this was an open declaration by Jesus himself. That he is the humble king of Israel who's come into Jerusalem to conquer sin and death and Satan. This is the righteous Davidic Messiah. And Jesus could have come in and just could have proclaimed it with his voice. But what you got to understand is this image here of the donkey and the foal. This, this humble image and this fulfillment of Zechariah 9.9, this instead was a fireworks presentation that I am the Son of God. I am the Messiah, the Davidic Messiah prophesied to you about in the Old Testament who has come to be the suffering servant to save you. This is like fireworks going off to ignite their faith. This is their humble king coming into Jerusalem and not on a white horse, but on a little foal, a little colt, symbolizing the 
humility of Jesus. The Philippians 2, humbling himself and becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross, certainly. I'll ride in on the smallest of little beasts of burden to symbolize that I am willing to embrace whatever humiliation is laid out for me this week. In Genesis 49, 8-12, you might remember this. This is Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jacob prophesying over his sons, one of which was his son Judah. And before he dies, Jacob prophesies over Judah and tells him that kings are going to come from you. And that their rule would extend to the nations. He's prophesying that the kings that would come from Judah would rule over the nations. And brothers and sisters, here he is. The humble king coming into Jerusalem whose rule, not through the white horse, but through his humiliation and death and his glorious resurrection from the dead, his rule would extend over the nations because of this sacrifice and this finished work. Brothers and sisters, do you embrace him as your humble king? Will you embrace him if you haven't believed in him? Won't you believe today and embrace him as your king? And as he professes himself to be the Lord, will you embrace him as your Lord this morning? Secondly, praised Messiah. Praised Messiah. You see this in 6 through 11, but you also see it later on in 14 through 17. He's coming in on two animals. The cloaks are being spread out before him. This is symbolizing the people and the crowd's submission to him as king. And of course, so many of the crowds were, were, were really expecting the, the conquering king who would deliver them from Roman oppression. And yet, what Jesus comes and does is he conquers over a much more eternal oppression, which is their sin. The branches, the palm branches that are being laid down symbolize for the people of Israel victory. And during the Maccabean rebellion, only a couple hundred years prior to this, that the palm branches were used to celebrate victory in Israel. The branches also symbolize Jewish nationalism. And it was imprinted over their coins. And they are shouting, Hosanna, which means, Oh, save! Oh, save! The crowd recognizes Jesus as the Davidic Messiah, but their expectations of what the Davidic Messiah was coming to do largely was off. But the praise that was lifted up was fitting. The worship that was coming from the crowds and the precious worship of the children in this passage moves me. The crowds were stirred up and there were some who were worshiping, some who were spreading their cloaks in submission to the king, and some who were laying down branches 
in victory. And you think of the victory of the cross. What this symbolized was he was coming in and they thought he was going to be victorious over the Romans and yet he was victorious over sin and death and Satan. And he conquered over the grave through his resurrection from the dead. And so that anybody in here who repents of their sins and trusts in Jesus might experience the victory of the salvation that Christ wrought through coming in to Jerusalem. I'm so moved by this symbolism of victory and of submission to his rule. And brothers and sisters, true disciples of Christ do the same. But not everybody was joining in on the party. The chief priests, the scribes, the religious leaders, the chiefs, if you will, they were troubled. They were fearing that they were going to lose their power. And they felt threatened by Jesus coming in and hearing people praise and say, Hosanna, oh save. They knew this was talking about the Messiah and they knew that the people were embracing this man coming in on a foal as the Messiah and rather than joining in, And laying their cloaks down in submission to him. Knowing the scriptures even better. Knowing Zechariah 9.9 most likely by heart. They would not submit. To this humble king coming in. Who would have gladly forgiven their self-righteous pride. Had they turned to him in repentance and in faith. Instead they were greatly troubled. This word indignant talks about they were angered. They, they feared losing their power. They perceived Jesus as a threat, not as a humble king worthy to be submitted to. He's the Messiah. He's the deliverer. He's the Savior. Brothers and sisters, will you lay your cloak down in your heart this morning to submit yourself to this King of kings and Lord of lords? Or if you're honest, is Jesus a threat to you? Maybe you don't perceive a threat to your power, but maybe you perceive him as a threat to your pleasure. You perceive him as a threat that submitting to him as Lord is going to bring changes about in your life that you don't want to count the cost of. And so therefore, you, like the chief scribes, will not join in with the children in the crowds to pay him homage and the worship that he deserves. Brothers and sisters, let us together as a church family lay our cloaks down in our hearts and submit to him as our Lord, our humble king that we gladly submit to and follow as true disciples of Jesus Christ. Let us lay down the perceived threats that we have of Jesus and trust in him with all of our hearts. They wanted a conquering king and they got one. Conquering not earthly Roman military might on a white horse. Well, at least not right now. Revelation 19, remember that? I love it. I was reading it and prepping the message. It gets me so fired up, but I got to be careful here because I could go off. <laughs> Revelation 19, I'll just let you read it. You know what the heading says? The rider on the white horse. Oh, that's got the chills down my back. He's so awesome. You know what? We got to read it. Revelation nineteen eleven. <laughs> then I saw heaven open and behold, a white horse! Exclamation point. 
The one sitting on it is called faithful and true. This is the same Jesus. And in righteousness, he judges and he makes war. Oh, the Lord of hosts is his name. His eyes are like a flame of fire and on his head are many diadems. And he has a name written that no one knows but himself. He's clothed in a robe dipped in blood. And the name by which he is called is the word of God. John 1, 1, remember that. And the armies of heaven, arrayed in fine linen, white and pure, were following him on white horses. From his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. And he will rule them with a rod of iron, Psalm 2. He will tread the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God the Almighty. And on his robe and on his thigh, he has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Oh, the white horse is coming, brothers and sisters. When Jesus returns, and I can't wait as we get deeper into Matthew, as we look to the end and the end times and Jesus' return. I'm so fired up about this series and where we're going and how the glory of Christ is going to be displayed through the Word of God. And I am just so marveling at the fact that the rider on the white horse, when he comes back in the end, did not count equality with God something to be grasped, but he humbled himself. It said, yeah, give me, give me that little colt. I'll gladly get on its little back, led by its mother, trembling into Jerusalem, barely able to ride. I'm trembling as well at the thought of what awaits me this week, because they're thinking I'm going to conquer Rome and rule, but instead I'm going to conquer their sin and conquer the grave. Oh, brothers and sisters, Roman military might's nothing. This is a king who conquers the nations, not one empire, but all empires. Praised Messiah. Won't you praise him? Won't you submit to him as King of Kings and Lord of Lords while there's still time? You know, the day is going to come very soon where you're going to stand before this King of Kings and Lord of Lords face to face and you're going to need to be judged by him. Are you ready? Have you trusted in him? Have you submitted your life to him? Believe in him this morning and he will gladly forgive you of all your sins like he's forgiven this wretched sinner of all his sins. Third point, wonderful God, wonderful God. Most of the crowd spread their cloaks on the road and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. And the crowds that went before him and that followed him were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Oh, how fitting. Oh, save. Oh, save. And he's coming in to do that very thing. Better than they even imagined. And when he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred up saying, who is this? Then the crowd said, this is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth of Galilee. And in verse 12 through 17, and Jesus entered the temple and he drove out. This is most likely what happened right when the triumphal entry was on a Sunday. And what happens here, it seems it was a turn of a day. This is on a Monday. Jesus enters the temple and we see his zeal for the house of God consuming him yet again. It seems here that the that the temple cleansing that took place in John chapter 2 was early in his ministry, and that Jesus actually did this twice. The first time he came in with John 2, and it was written of him, zeal for your house will consume me. It was a warning. And this second time, he's, he's bringing down further zeal in the face of the people who were violating his house of prayer. You see the zeal of God. In the Son of God. My house shall be called a house of prayer, but you make it a den of robbers. And instead, he clears out the temple and then looks, look at what he does in the temple. Again, fulfilling 
messianic promises about what the Messiah would do. And he drives out those who were worshiping mammon. And instead, he takes his place in the temple, his fitting place in the temple. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. Awesome. Clearing house and establishing what God had always intended for the house of God to be. A house of prayer for all of us to go upward and to engage God in prayer and fasting and devotion to the Lord. But when the chief priests and the scribes saw the wonderful things that he was doing in the temple. This is amazing to me. This shows the depravity of the human heart to me so well. The, The chiefs are coming in. He's healing the blind and the lame, and they saw the wonderful things. And they saw the children crying out in the temple, Hosanna to the Son of David. And instead of worshiping the wonderful things that Jesus did and worshiping Him for doing them, they were indignant. They were hot with anger. They were greatly displeased. That's what that word means. And they said to him, do you hear what these are saying? And it was most likely out of their indignation. Do you hear what they're saying? Essentially, they are calling you the suffering servant, the son of David, the son of man. They're calling you the Messiah. You better do something to shut these children up. It's sort of the attitude that they come and Jesus, this is amazing, brothers and sisters. It's almost like he, he says to them, you know what? Uh, humble king, amen. Um, suffering servant, the Messiah, the promised one, amen to that too. I'm not going to stop him from praising. He's like, but I also, I'm going to do you one better. Yes. Um, have you never read, and he doesn't quote Isaiah 53, the suffering servant passage, He quotes Psalm 8. Out of the mouth of infants and nursing babies, you have prepared praise. When David wrote that down under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, it was pointing to this day where little children would be in the temple dancing around and giving praise to Jesus, knowing his identity better than the chiefs. Yes, have you never read Out of the mouth of infants and nursing babies, you have prepared praise. And leaving them, he went out of the city to Bethany and lodged there. You know what he was saying here? I'm not just the humble king. And I'm not just the praised Messiah. The promised one, the suffering servant who's going to suffer and die for your sins later this week, if you'll believe in me. You know who I am? This is who I am. Oh, Lord, our Lord. How majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and infants, you have established strength because of your foes to still the enemy and the avenger. He's about ready to still the enemy and the avenger by triumphing them, triumphing over them through the cross. When I look at your heavens, Lord, yeah, yeah, I'm the one who made the heavens, Pharisees, scribes, chiefs. Let the children praise me. The work of your fingers, the moon and the stars. Take a look up there. Look at the moon, look at the stars. 
I made them as well. As Ben mentioned this morning, he is preeminent and Lord over all creation. Which you have set in place, Lord. What is man that you're mindful of him? And the son of man that you care for him. You know, I was meditating on this here. They're indignant. He comes to his own, but his own don't receive him. They're, they're there and they're indignant. They're responding with such anger. And yet he's the very one who created them. He's the very one who created the stars and the moon. Brothers and sisters, he is God. Jesus Christ is God. The second person of the Trinity Worthy of your worship, worthy of all your devotion. And yet look at the humiliation of Psalm 8 verse 5. Yet you made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. Resurrection from the dead, ascension back to heaven, seated at his right hand. Risen now to reign as we sung this morning. You have given him dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet. Yeah, the earth indeed is his footstool. Let the children praise me. And then there's all sheep and oxen and also, also the beasts of the field. He made the little foal that carried him and the donkey that steadied its little foal with Jesus on its back the birds of the heaven and the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the path of the seas. I love Psalm 8, verse 8. The birds of the heavens, the fish of the sea. And it's like David's just saying, you know what? Whatever passes along the path of the seas, Jesus made it all. Oh, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You know what? Yeah, I'm the humble king coming in to die on the cross for your sins to save you if you'll believe in me. I am indeed the praised Messiah, the Son of God and the Son of Man who's come and I am worthy of having these cloaks and branches laid down for you to bow your knee and submit to me and also proclaim with joy my victory. But these children, they are going to continue to praise because I am also the wonderful God who's come to humble himself and become obedient to death, even death on a cross. Friends, Won't you believe in Him? And brothers and sisters, He's worthy of your utmost devotion and worship. Your utmost allegiance as King of Kings, Lord of Lords, Messiah, and wonderful God. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we're so thankful for You. We can't get over how glorious you are riding in to Jerusalem like this. Lord, within this week, this very week, Lord, you were going to suffer the humiliation of betrayal and beatings and sufferings, dear Jesus. And you were worthy of nothing but praise and worship and devotion. And yet, Lord, you did not Count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but you made yourself nothing and you took on the form of a servant and you humbled yourself and you became obedient to death, even death on the cross. Lord, the humiliation of the cross, you willingly embraced King of kings and Lord of lords. Thank you for willingly embracing suffering servant. The humiliation and shame that our sin deserved 
Thank you, wonderful God, for accomplishing the work of atonement on our behalf. I pray for any who don't believe to believe, and I pray for your precious church to be strengthened this morning as we close the sermon. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.